friends. Welcome to the Skyline Church Podcast. I'm Jonathan Middlebrooks, one of the pastors here at Skyline Church. Skyline is a worshiping community, a disciple-making community, and a generational community. We're committed to seeing revival in our city sparked through the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. These sermons are specific to that purpose and in the context of our unique community. We hope that it might bless you in some way. Enjoy. My name is Greg Dewey, and it's a uh, privilege to uh, get to talk to you a little bit today. Um, we have been in this revival series. If you're here for baby dedications, and uh, I'll give you a little backstory, we've covered some of the great revivals from John Wesley to Chase talking about a biblical one last week, uh, starting with Josiah, an eight-year-old boy. Revivals can start anywhere, right? And we've been praying uh, that we might be able to see it in our day, in our generation. Why not in a family like this? And so we've heard about people who've initiated some some incredible revivals. And we thought it might be fun today to have a dialogue with somebody who experienced a, a great revival and uh, whose life was changed in the midst of that. So I want to introduce to you Tom Ward. Some of you may know him as the co-founder of Chesapeake Energy or Sandridge Energy, Tapstone Energy, Mock Natural Resources. I hope this is our last one. Can you confirm that in front of the audience today? Um, but more importantly, uh, I want to introduce to you my, my friend, my boss, uh, my mentor, and one of the founders of Skyline Church. So, again, welcome Tom Ward. Thank you. All right, so uh, rumor has it uh, that you were saved in a charismatic revival. So in western Oklahoma, 1977, uh, ceiling to be specific, uh, there was a revival that took place and uh, charted a new course for your life. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, first, uh, I would say that, um, you know, it's not about me. Uh, that's uh, a, a lot of people have, have went through uh, experiences in finding the Lord and each of us have our path and uh, mine is uh, a little more dramatic than some but uh, still the Lord uh, leads me to the same place and I, I mentioned to Thomas uh, last night that the determining factor of my relationship with God isn't about my past. It's about Christ's past. Mm -hmm. And so whenever whenever you think of whenever Christ first of all you gotta you gotta peel back the onion and decide Christ lived and all these things that that's just a, an experience of, of faith and, and growing but uh, that determines you know all of us. So uh, the just because that I have uh, sitting up here is any different than, than anyone else. So uh, yes, yes. I, I did. I grew up in in Sealing, Oklahoma. Uh, in uh, so the I was 17 years old uh, whenever I went into a little church service, 
uh, that was having a revival. It wasn't really anything that unusual. I had two friends uh, that I hung out with every night, and so uh, his his family, one of the two guys' family, uh, was a member of this church, and I ended up going there because there was really nothing else to do in Signal, Oklahoma, other than hang out with your buddies. And so I did. And, uh, you know, I had a life-altering experience with the Lord, and uh, it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I know they're going to want for the audio up there is for you to eat the mic, so I apologize. Uh, You know, we we do this quite a bit, this back and forth. And did everybody see the look over the glasses? That's when I know it's... Okay, so... Uh, Going to church, was that like, was it a normal thing for you? Did you grow up in a family of faith, uh, long history of Christ followers? I'm just putting it on a tee for you. <laughs> One more softball. Okay. So yes. Uh, no. No. I, I did. So my my family was uh, male dominated. Uh, uh, tough. Uh, the the only requirements in my life up until I was uh, 16, when my dad passed away, was that I had to be tough. And I had to work and work hard and to be able to know how to work and um, just uh, be a man. That, that was the uh, learn how to drink. Uh, so the, those, those kind of were the, the three, being a man, right? yeah, three critical well. things that, that you had to be in order to be tough. And, you know, church wasn't one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, that, so no, uh, uh, the, my family uh, was... Uh, uh, was hard, and yeah, both the women and the men not not hard in their in their hearts, but lived hard lives because uh, they grew up poor. Uh, at least my dad's side of the family, and that's uh, that's what we gravitated to because I worked with my dad and my granddad each day, and my brother, and uh, so yeah, that uh, it was it was a very unusual place. I, I can assure you, the night that I went into a revival, uh, I didn't expect uh, to have my life altered in any way. None. I was doing just fine. So you thought. <laughs> so I thought. <laughs> so you thought. Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit about that night uh, revival, as I understand it. Uh, the, you know, it's been pretty cool uh, to have met some people uh, that were also a part of it with uh, with Tom, and ultimately got to meet uh, Orville, who was the was the pastor, um, associate so, associate pastor. Associate he was, yeah, pastor. He was, he's the only guy I knew there, but yeah, he was Orville White uh, was a you know just a. That's why I bring this. Uh, so he, he was a giant, a giant man. So usually it's only when I talk about Sheree that I can't do this. But uh, so Orville, uh, he prayed over me a lot, mm-hmm. and when even when uh, I didn't know it, and he prayed for this revival, and he was praying uh, specifically. For me, just like uh, you pray for your prodigals, just like other people have prayed for you, uh, that man uh, spent a lot of time. He was my friend. He wasn't just uh, the pastor. Long before I ever uh, started going to church, he uh, he was uh, yeah very special. Okay, I'm better. <laughs> 
well, th this stuff is not just something uh, to do. This, th this stuff works. And uh, we've heard some great stories uh, already from writing some names down, being really intentional in prayer, and, and God is clearly moving. Um, we have talked about Amen. revivals, it, it, uh, it feels like, since the beginning of the year. Is that right? Yeah, this is the closest that uh, in, that's been, what, 47, 46 years ago, uh, that uh, the closest I've seen to um, the Lord coming near. And we'll talk about this, but it's, uh, you know, that's, that's when things get dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, prayer works. Prayer works. And uh, I think we've been at this since, since uh, uh, January. And so all these weeks we've talked about different revivals. The consistent thread that runs through every single, there's two things, I think. I see you out there, Lance. You can correct me if if there's if I'm wrong, but or if there's another one that I'm not thinking of. But deep-seated prayer in the lives of a few, deep-seated prayer in the lives of few, of a few, is a consistent theme in every revival that we've ever heard about. And the second is turning from your sin. Pray, turn from your sin, seek His face, and then He'll heal our land. Right. I'd say there's something about walking forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, another part, uh, the, the revi that revival lasted for 40 days or more. Uh, Orville said it was you know, every night. Um, and my life was completely changed in a second uh, that I started going, going without lunch at, at school, uh, going to the church and praying. Um, that uh, the... The amount of people that it affected was was dramatic for our little town, uh, and and caused a lot of division uh, between uh, churches. But uh, ultimately, you know, I, I gravitated to Shree's uh, church, and uh, the man there took me in and became my mentor and helped me uh, to to grow just a little bit. But the the key thing, uh, you know, was that I had her grandmother, her family. Uh, praying over me uh, with uh, you know consistently and you know that's never changed in the 45 years we've been married in the 47 years that we've known each other the Lord put her in my place in in my path uh, before I ever became a Christian and that that also uh, was just a big part of, of you you know not only me, but in your lives. People that, that get put into place are there for a reason. Nothing happens around here for, uh, for coincidence. And that's, uh, you know, you might not know it, but someone is praying over you. And then, uh, you know, we might get to this too, but the, the real change in me came 30 years later uh, with the second work of grace. That's whenever the Lord took away my stone coldness and all of the hardness that I grew up with that I could push everything out. And, you know, so you wouldn't have seen me ever cry in, uh, over you know, the last 20 years ago. Never. Because I couldn't. I never did. I didn't cry one time in my life. Uh, but the Lord took my stony heart 
and gave me some compassion for others that I didn't have. And I'd been a Christian for 30 years, and a strong one, supposedly. I'd sit on the front row, I gave more money, I would pat myself on the back and say what a good person I was, and I wasn't like anyone else, and it was all false. It was, it was just false. So it's not just for someone who's never been here before, it's for those of us who have these stony, cold hearts that need to have the grace of God that we come together today. And that's, I believe, I believe the devil wants nothing more than to keep us moving forward. What's he want? He wants us to be a church of 5,000 people to do nothing but come in here on Sunday morning and sit for 30 minutes and, and then pat ourselves on the back and walk out and say how good we are because it doesn't it do anything against him. But once we start pushing into his territory, that's when things start to happen. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that because... I got ahead of myself. Huh? I got ahead of myself. No, 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 no. That, that, there's... So we, we, we do this part <laughs> too, and we, we don't rehearse any of this. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Until I get to look over the glasses and it's time to go on. When you, uh, I, again, I don't get these flashes of particular scripture, particularly out of Deuteronomy, but it just felt like... I'm going to read it because I felt like I was supposed to. But when you were just saying that that you you went forward, and I know I know some of the backstory. I know that of a lot of those people who went forward, um, not everybody's life um, ended up like yours. And I don't mean um, wealthy in the in the material sense, but wealthy in the spiritual sense. Um, because you made some choices, you made some decisions, you found a mentor to, to pour into you, you gave up lunch and, and went and prayed. And, and so, again, I read it just a second ago, I'll read it to you. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 says, Look here, today I've set before you life and what's good versus death and what's wrong. If you obey the Lord's commandment that I am commanding you right now by loving the Lord your God... By walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments, his regulations, and his case laws, then you will live and thrive and the Lord God will bless you. Then he gives some what might happen if you don't do that and life doesn't turn out as well. And he says in verse 19, I call heaven and earth as my witness against you right now. I have set life and death, blessing and curse before you. Now you choose. So that you and your descendants will live by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by clinging to him. That's how you will survive and live long and fertile in the land. Man, I just I hadn't thought about it before 30 seconds ago, but I see that as something that happened because of your choices. You chose that day who you were going to serve, that you were going to live according to his decrees, and you broke a cycle that was in your family. You broke uh, a cycle uh, of, of addiction and said, this thing, by my power at least, is going to stop with me, right? And there was some loosening of some chains there. I don't know if you want to do anything with that. Do you want to respond? Oh, I, I, I don't really know that I knew that, but I, I think that uh, just small choices of 
each day. Uh, I have some habits that are good. You know, uh, a lot has to do with just my marriage and and uh, you know, with you know having a strong person uh, where you pray with them, uh, where cords are, are wound tight, and you can withstand a, a lot of things. Um, I will say, and I'm totally different what you're talking about. That, yep. that uh, the in the years past, that first 30 years, Shri and I really never had any kind of um, of issues with anything. Uh, everything was just up and to the right. Our life was pretty easy. Uh, everything went very, very well. And in a post that period of time. There's been nothing but turmoil around us uh, in just many ways, but especially in our family, uh, you know, with prodigals, with, with uh, the things that, that you just never think of. But what the Lord has done has refined us. Uh, we're stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, so leaning in instead of running away, mm -hmm. leaning in and saying, you know, we are joining together. So each time that we would go through the, the some very dreadful times, uh, we didn't. It was really a Shree would would really lean in and and pray and wail and lay down mm -hmm. and and cry. And those times, so you come out of that, and I'd never want to wish them again on anyone, but we're stronger, we're better, we're closer. And that uh, you know, might come with age, it comes with, uh, with just things uh, that, that happen. And, uh, but I, it's, the closer we get, the more uh, we feel for others. And that's, um, that really had nothing to do with what you said. No, just fantastic. Uh, two, two, two more questions. So, um, what, what, and you can take them in whatever order. Um, what are you most looking forward to um, with what we're praying about and, and would love to see happen here? What do you look forward to? And any, any cautions that you might have for us? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's only been just a few years ago that, that I could really come into a worship service and speak to the Lord. I was always worried about what somebody would think about me, uh, what what would, you know, I was just, uh, I don't want to be outgoing. And anyway, it's just as, uh, the, the freedom. That, that I feel uh, in in coming here and and having the Lord near uh, is something I haven't experienced before, and so that's that's encouraging. I think the, I think more of that is coming. I think that as the Lord draws nearer to us, uh, as more of us commit uh, to be closer to Him, the closer He's going to be. And so I think that that is what I look forward to. I look forward to seeing a you know, a river. I think of a, a river of the Lord coming over us and washing in waves and where we can't even understand the love uh, that comes. I, I think of Elijah. When, when Elijah was, was ready to kill himself, a great prophet of God was ready to kill himself, the angel came from the Lord. And, you know, the angel didn't say, you know, get your rear up and, and get going. What are you doing? He cooked a meal. Mm -hmm. He cooked, in fact, he did it twice. And with that, what he brought was substance. And he brought he brought love. 
you know, the in Isaiah 42, the Lord does it when, when God said he's coming to for the bruised reed, not to break it, yeah. not to snuff out the smoldering candle, but to love us. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. And that's what I feel can happen here. And once it, people experience it, you can't go back. There's, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, what what Peter said? Peter said, where would I go, Lord? What would I do? Right. Amen. There's there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. So once once you know, it's it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And the Lord carries through in the worst of times. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't know what I would have done if I wouldn't have been able to just uh, have people around praying for me. You know, uh, during my hardest times, uh, I had three guys that, that I could tell anything to. So Barry Brown, who lives in San Francisco, Greg, and Hans Dilbeck, uh, who was here then but now lives in Dallas. Those three men carried me, carried me through the deepest of anguish because I could tell them anything I wanted to tell them and they'd pray over me. And the Lord, Lord hears that. So I just, um, I encourage you. I encourage you to make a change. I encourage you to have compassion in your life. And that's, uh, you know, it's, to me, there, there's nothing better. And this place will explode with the love of God. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, when we were in the prayer room. Oh, the, 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 putting on I'll get, the armor of God. I'll get, you, I'll get to this. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, we were in the prayer room uh, ahead of time, and, and uh, I think it was Courtney, um, who just kept hearing the word unite, right? This this uniting and this binding together. And, you know, this, this life's too hard to do on our own. Um, and being able to do it with two or three other people makes it actually uh, something that we, we can accomplish. And when she was praying, in that I was just seeing these you've seen that thing where somebody can take a stick and you know break it with their hand or whatever but you put two or three or five or six or a hundred sticks together and bind them together the thing will not be broken and uh, I know the enemy was prowling around you like a roaring, roaring lion and um, there were enough sticks bound together. There's no way we were... And then baby dedication. Think about baby, baby dedications and, and the hedge of protection that we, we are for them when we just bind around them. There's no way they're getting to them unless they go through us first. Um, but we need it because the enemy's real. So talk to us about talk to us about that. You and I have obviously about every day talked about the full armor. Um, what stands out to you about that as we move into this time of revival? Yeah, so I'm uh, I, I don't have a tremendous amount of faith. I, I have to uh, lean back. I'm a skeptic at heart, and so. Um, yeah, I have to go back and really unravel. Uh, did Jesus really walk on the earth? I think that's historical. I, I think you you know and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the Lord was here or Jesus uh, that that man walked on earth. Did he die? Yes. Uh, I think that's that's easy to know. Uh, you know, did he rise again? That's a critical question. And he, he gave him, he, he didn't just go to heaven. He came in front of people. He talked to hundreds. Mm -hmm. uh, there, and then people changed their lives. Mm -hmm. I can believe that Christ is Lord. If Christ is Lord, that changes everything. Amen. 
because there's there's no other option. If Christ is Lord, the devil is real. All the things he says are absolutely true. And then I can make a pretty tough stand. Mm -hmm. If you if you peel it back, then you wonder, you know, what in the world am I doing? Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, this is crazy. Yes, this man is Lord, mm -hmm. yep. and he can change our life. Yeah, Amen. Amen. So that brings us to the caution. Yeah, it comes with uh, danger. The closer you get, the the is as. Greg and I talk about different uh, things from Ephesians 6, but uh, you know the armor of God is needed by us mm -hmm. and to prepare yourself. The Lord is going to take care of you if you arm yourself. Uh, you know, the, the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. You know, be in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Arm yourself as, as you prepare to come into this place to know uh, that the Lord will, will take care of you. He will. Mm -hmm. uh, but don't fight the devil on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a dangerous thing. And a lot of leaders, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, a lot of individuals just in general need the armor or else as we get closer and closer this is a place of danger this is a place that the devil doesn't want us to be closer to god mm -hmm. and he doesn't want a church that's exploding with the with the ministry that we're getting ready to do amen amen the shield of faith we've spent a lot of time this week talking about that and you know i think sometimes we think it's that captain america shield you know and there you go into hand-to-hand -hand combat that is not they didn't roman soldiers didn't carry that uh during hand-to-hand -hand combat they actually used the shield of faith at really one specific time and that is when they were getting ready to take over a fortified city they would go in have the shield of faith which was about two and a half feet wide five feet tall it's like a door and the closer they got to the city, the, 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 the walls, they would use that shield of faith because the city trying to protect itself uh, would put their soldiers up on the wall and they would shoot fiery what? Fiery darts, fiery arrows. And the shield of faith was there to protect them from the enemy's fiery arrows, fiery um, darts. And... Um, yeah, that's why Paul used it in his analogy. That's why Paul used it. And so, if we go to Matthew 16, Matthew 16, when Peter says, you are the Christ, and he says, and Jesus says back to him, that's right. And on that word right there, on that, on my divinity, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? Amen. Have you ever seen anybody go into battle with their gate. Took the gate off the fence. I'm going to go uh, into a fight and start whacking people over the head with a gate. Well, of course not. A gate is a defense mechanism to keep the opposition out, right? So what's that mean for us? If he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail, which by the way, I think a better translation of that, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I think a better translation is withstand. The gates of hell will not withstand what? The church breaking down the walls, storming the gates of hell, taking back what is rightfully the Lord's, putting out eviction notices saying this territory is not yours anymore. That's what the church 
is about. That's what revival is about. Amen. Storming in to places where enemy has set up camp. Marriages who are fractured. Houses that are divided. Schools that are teaching all kinds of things other than, this is not political, teaching all kinds of things other than the good news that the king has come. Dividing as the adversary does. We go into those places that he has fortified and say no more. Not under our watch. We're not going to stand by and watch. We are moving forward one step at a time to the city gates and we will bash and break down the city gates. We are to be hell raisers and hell stormers. Amen? Amen. Anything you'd wrap us up with? Excuse me? Anything you want to wrap us up with? Oh, I just, I just plead with you uh, to come forward, make a change. It's uh, you know, life is here to be just lived in the, in the glory of God, so that we can all glorify Him forever. Amen. Peace is near. Amen. Amen. And that's that's what I know. I know peace is near. And so if, you're in, if you are needing peace, there's going to be a lot of things that take place here. Um, but really, whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, we just have you to, asking you to have the courage to choose to act. Whether it be come forward and pray here where we have some praying going on. Uh, we generally have a prayer, uh, prayer team, if you wouldn't mind, uh, after we all stand in just a second, if the prayer team might go to the corners, even while we have the prayers come, uh, come forward. If you've got some business to settle with the Lord, don't... You, Sure, listen to the people that are praying. Come. But come. Come. Have the courage to step Today's out. Today's the day. One step. So Tom took one step at the age of 17. And there has been a ripple effect. We would not be sitting where we're sitting at today if it weren't for a ceiling revival and a 17-year-old boy taking a step forward. Skyline Church would not exist. And the ripple effects that we have will be one small little piece of fruit on Tom Street. Not about Tom, because it's actually going to be on over right, uh, White Street, right? <laughs> so if you would stand with me. There's a couple prayers that we would like to, uh, to have come forward. If the prayer team would go, uh, you know, assume your positions uh, near the corners up front. If the Lord is stirring in your heart and you know peace is near, would you please move forward? While we pray, while we sing, have the courage in Jesus' name. Let's pray. God, Eternal Father, we praise you as the elders in heaven. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Blessed be you, Lord, our God and Savior, that gives us the gift to gather in your name and praise you. Thank you for not requiring us to do more than you ask of us. Lord, we humble ourselves before you and acknowledge that no matter how hard we try to impress others, we have already impressed you. So show us what your will for us is in our generation. Remind us that we don't need to try and do more than you require of us. 
Jesus, help us remember that your prayer for us is to be one, just as you and the Father are one, and that there is a time when we will be brought into complete unity with you. Um, we want to see your glory, Lord. Um, you want us to be where you were uh, so that we can see your glory that you have been given. We are your bride awaiting your groom. Lord, until the time that we are united and in which the souls of the ransom may bathe with the sweetest enjoyment and our hearts be flooded with love, we approach you asking for heaven to come down on Skyline, on Oklahoma City, on our country and on our world. God, we specifically ask for your spirit to dwell in your church. Ignite churches across the country and renew a spirit of celebration to them. Father, as prodigals begin to return home, make your church like the shepherd who lost his sheep, the woman who lost her coin, and the father who lost his son, who each celebrated the return of what was lost. God, give us, your church, the same spirit of celebration that we know is also in heaven. Make your church a beacon of the lost, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that guides us through the desert. Jesus, we long for the day you return. Until then, may we ever seek your face and desire your courts, Lord. For we know that the verdict will be innocent as we stand in place of your son. You are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals. Because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise forever. Lord, thank you for the faith that you have given me and everyone in this church. Thank you for reminding us that although we live on this earth, that our home is not here but up in heaven, where our hearts belong to you and should always reflect who you are, Lord. Your heart is hurting. Your heart is hurting because there are so many lost souls here, so many names on that piece of paper, so many people so far from you, Lord. But Lord, we need to be reminded that they're not gone, they're just lost. Thank you. Thank you for never forgetting them. Thank you, Lord, because you knew them before they were even conceived. The womb you wove for them so carefully done because they are your beloved children. But they wandered far from you, Lord. Even I and people of this church have wandered far from you, Lord. For they feel like they can't touch you so far that they can't see you that you're so disappointed and how far they've strayed that you've kept your distance but they are so wrong because lord you never left them no you did not leave them there's been mud on their eyes and cotton in their ear lord it just needs to be wiped away lord i pray in Jesus' name that that mud and cotton be gone that they open their eyes and see that you've been there all along right next to them. You never left them, Lord. You never left them. Lord, did you not leave the 99 to save the one? Lord, isn't it true that one soul saved in the heavens rejoice? Lord, I have so much faith. I have so much faith, but not of my own accord, but of yours, that our brothers and sisters will be saved, that every single name on that list will be saved. Not only saved, but they will lead this revival. They will be at the forefront holding signs and bullhorns, worshiping your name, Lord. They will be saved. Lord, use us. Let us be your vessels. 
Lord, I pray you bestow your spirit upon all of us in here. Lord, I pray that through these gifts you give us the courage to go speak to the lost, to see these people on the street, to change our thoughts of judgment to thoughts of prayer. I want to be weeping at their feet with tears of joy because you brought me to a lost soul. Lord, I want to weep over them on their feet. I want to clean their feet with my hair. I want them to see you, not me. Because every encounter that we are blessed and granted with, Lord, I want their eyes to only see you. Lord, I want them to only see you. Let them cry out in worship at the sight of you. I am just a vessel for that. So, Lord, I pray for a tsunami of courage over this whole church. Lord, may you tie a string to each and every person's heart in this church and guide us to the lost, to the names that are written on those pieces of paper. For one soul saved in the heavens rejoice. Lord, may you supernaturally guide these lost to your house of worship. Lord, I want every single person that is supernaturally guided here to hear the heavens from us. Lord, I want it to be so loud that you can't even explain the beautiful symphony of music and worship. That the number of voices far outweigh the number of people here. Because, Lord, I cry out for your angels to be sent down to celebrate with us. Lord, I want no other explanation than that of you. Our work here is not done. No, Lord, it's just beginning. So, Lord, I pray that the names on those lists, Lord, are the first in the forefront of this revival in this church. But, Lord, we cannot do this without you, without your spirit. For, Lord, I have held on to the spirit. You blessed me with the spirit, and I pushed it down, and I hid him. I allowed him to come up on my own time, on my own will. I let out bits and pieces, but never its full presence. Lord, I kept the Holy Spirit at bay because I was scared. I was fearful and let the enemy get a hold of me and tame what was so beautifully given to me. I put spirits around your, I put chains around your spirit. I put them on a leash and I held him back because I was so scared of what people would think of me operating in your spirit. That I would look weird or crazy and would get judgment thrown my way. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for pushing the spirit down for so long. For holding back a gift that was not meant for me, but for your kingdom. I am forever thankful that you gave me that and time and grace to wait for me. You held on to presents and gifts and put them in a box for me and said that they are here for you. That you never threw them away. That you kept them safe until I asked you. And I asked for it and I let go and I've never felt more free. I've never had more faith. I've never experienced your presence like this. For I am not meek, but I am strong. And I praise that my flesh falls down and worship in your presence. I am so blessed that the Spirit guides me to your people. I am so blessed to weep tears because I am so overwhelmed by your presence. Because I let go of my fear what others think and fully embrace what my heart desires for you and your presence. Lord, I pray that here in 
this church. I pray that every soul in this church, Lord, that you break off chains we put on your spirit, walls and barriers that have been holding down the gift that you have given to us. Because, Lord, your spirit and the gifts given to us are meant to be shared. They are meant to be shared with those that are lost. So, Lord, I pray you begin to shake the foundation of this church. I pray that every soul, every spirit in this church is shaken. Not shaken for bad, but for a second life. An awakening of every spirit that has been pushed down and forgotten. I want our hearts to cry out to you. No more leashes, no more chains. I speak this in Jesus' name because your name has power. And I believe that. For so long I doubted, but no longer, Lord. Because I can say right now, if I ask that mountain to move, it would move. Because I have all the faith in you, Lord. Faith that Jesus' name, that every person in this room will weep and cry out your name. Lord, would you stir their hearts, break off chains, break off walls that have been built to cast you out. Lord, I pray right now that you bring down your spiritual gifts on all these people. Lord, things are happening. Things are changing. The earth is shaking and I can feel it. And it is so good. Change is coming and it is coming through the church, Lord. I can feel it. Thank you. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for using us. Revival is coming and this is just the beginning. Lord, walls are shattering. People are changing because of you, because of you, Lord. I pray for your spirit to flow so effortlessly through all of our bodies that it has no boundaries, no limits, that we are not afraid of what you can do because, Lord, you can do everything. And forgive me for putting you in a box and believing that you can't. Testimonies have been shared, and not only have I heard, but I have seen with my own eyes that our prayers are heard and are coming to fruition. We have so many stories, Lord, and I've chosen to believe that it was just another story in the Bible, but you've given me a testimony. Lord, my best friend, I prayed 10 years for someone I had given up on because I thought she was too far gone, that you weren't listening, she couldn't be saved, and I was selfish in my thoughts and in my prayers. Lord, forgive me, but thank you, because she called me and told me she went to church. She bought a Bible, she has a journal, she's been praying, and that she's trying to find a Bible group. You've done something that I thought was impossible and showed me that it was possible, because, Lord, you can do anything. You've healed me of things that should not have been healed, things that I suffered my whole life with, but I decided to pray, and because I prayed for you, came to me in a vision and said that I had been healed, and to go tell the others, and I'm here to tell you on his behalf that it's possible, that he is endless, he has no boundaries, he can do anything, and Lord, I break off any spirits, any fear that rivals what you can do, the devil has no hold over anybody in this church, and Jesus, I speak your name over anybody in this church that believes that you cannot do anything, because that is the devil, and he has no hold, not today, not in this church, not anywhere, and for far too long we have believed it was us, but it was the world and the enemy telling us that we were crazy, that it was impossible, that nothing can be done about this or that, that you are not real, Lord, but you are so real, you are so present. 
but we just have to open our eyes, our ears. You never left. You were always there, and you will continue to be there, Lord. So, Lord, I testify that this church, this these people, we want revival. And I have the faith to believe that it's coming, Lord, that you are coming. I have the faith to believe that every name on that list will come back to you, Lord, that they will walk into your kingdom, into this church, and not even know why they're here, that they just felt like they needed to be here and needed to know what it was and that they are greeted into welcoming arms, your arms, your people's arms, because, Lord, the lost have been found, their stories coming back to life, another light added to your kingdom. Lord, they will come in Jesus' name. They will come to you. Today is the day. The time is now. Lord, would you break through our hearts and align them with yours. Let us weep for what you weep for. I want physical tears. I want to praise when you praise. I want to worship when you worship. I want to laugh when you laugh. Lord, I want my heart to be so aligned with you that I can't find my own. I want my spirit to be so illuminated by your light, Lord, that the only thing people see is you and only you because you are all I ever wanted, all my heart desires. Lord, I pray that over every person in this church that they may see you, they may feel you, they may become so overwhelmed by your presence, Lord, that they fall to their knees, their hands in worship of you, Lord. I want spirits to be stirred, hearts to be mended, darkness to surrender, fear to be stripped, Lord. Bless us with the spirit and we have forsaken it. We held it bound. We held it down, but no longer. We are ready, Lord. Send us out. Give us the courage. Bestow your spiritual gifts upon us. Your kingdom is coming, Lord, and we are your army. We have come to save the lost, but only through you can we do this. So, Lord, come down and reign upon all of our souls and our spirits. We are ready. Send us out. No longer does this world have a hold over us because all we see is you, and I want everybody else to see that too.